Daniel and Vicki Hagedorn for Preparing Kids for Life at PK4L.com, and our podcast is for all things parenting. You know, as parents ourselves, my wife and I have the same fears every parent has, which is basically some form of, do I have what it takes to be a good parent? But along the way, we discovered some time-tested principles that empowered us with the mindset and the map to overcome those fears and to replace our insecurities with confidence. And that's why my wife and I want every parent to reclaim their rightful place as the number one expert on their own kids. We want every parent to be able to give their children a childhood they won't have to recover from and to prepare them for life as the best version of themselves. So our podcast is really just our way of paying it forward. And at PK4L, we are committed to walking alongside your journey as your personal outfitters, guides, and allies every step of the way. So the fifth building block of an emotionally healthy home is affection, love, and empathy. And the deepest human need is to love and be loved, right? And when we do that, this creates a bond of affection that leads to emotional maturity. And this bond is strengthened immensely by simply listening without judgment and providing the love, empathy, and safety that may be lacking in other relationships or just outside the home. The home really needs to be a sanctuary for a child, right? Where they experience affection, love, and empathy. Because adequate psychological development in children requires affection. In other words, all the love that is given to a child in their childhood will be reflected in their development. And in this way, they will have a clear identity and self-confidence that develops and builds over the years. Now, at this point, it's, impo- it's, it's kind of important not to confuse affection with excessive loving or caring for a child, right? They're, they're, we can take these things and, and it can become over my, like uh, they, they call it like a smother, right? <laughs> you know, instead of a mother, it's a smother. Um, but a child will, um, will experience healthy affection, right? And this is an affinity with your children, a sincere approach. And of course, just being intentional in creating a healthy and well-rounded relationship with them. And, and out of that, a child develops a strong personality, right? They're given healthy affection. Their experiences with affection help them to integrate themselves into society, to find a point of reference, and then learn to adapt themselves in different situations. Affection will also help the child to learn what to expect from the outside world. And in doing so, create healthy boundaries for themselves. And that's that's kind of why the the... This becomes a point of reference for children in interacting and relating with others. You know, the poet Oscar Wilde said, the best way to make children good is by making them happy, right? And from that, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. But one of the things that we see in, in a child, for example, if, if they're not, if they don't get affection, right? There, there are some warning signs, um, one of those warning signs is a lack of emotional control. And that's very common in children with emotional injury. The children learn little by little how to control their emotions through the love and interpersonal relationships with the people close to them. The, the more damage that's been done to a child emotion, emotionally, the more time it's going to take 
to kind of slowly build that trust and build them out of that. So if a child belongs, or or I should say is part of a poor caring environment, then they may find it very difficult to recognize not only emotions, but social norms, right? And in this way, they're not going to really know how to behave with others accordingly. They might even behave in very inappropriate ways. They, they might even be able to unable, they might even be unable to identify feelings of, of persons. Um, for example, how they relate, whether they are negative, whether they're positive. And, in, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but this, this uh, may eventually demonstrate a great lack of empathy. And in, a, in the absence of empathy, there's all kinds of conflict and anger. So these children are, are usually much more vulnerable, even if they keep their feelings. And, and boys typically experience this problem more than girls. Uh, the, the former tends to try to show strength and suppress their feelings. And therefore, if, if we're feeling like our child is suffering from this problem, then we have to focus on improving our relationship with them. And again, these warning signs should not be taken as, as an opportunity to give yourself a guilt trip. That's not the point of this. The point of this is, is a warning sign like, oh, something's going on that I need to attend to. Something's happening that I have to address. That's, that's all this is. Another uh, important sign is, is isolation and conflict. So if a child is uh, demonstrating a lack of affection or you're seeing a lack of infection in a child, you'll see that in the type of relationship that they establish with others. If they tend to be dominated by conflict or if it's absolutely non-existent, you know, affection, then clearly there is a problem. And it's, it's actually quite common for a child with emotional instability to have poor social skills, kind of not really much of a surprise. And of course, because of that, that leads to isolation and conflict because they just don't know how to form good relationships. They don't have good social skills. On the other hand, children with these problems show very little respect for the feelings of others, which just adds to their frustration, lack of understanding of others, anger with the world, and ultimately more isolation and conflict. Another sign uh, of children lacking affection is insecurity. If they're demonstrating a great feeling of insecurity, again, this is not the normal where, you know, kids may feel a little cautious about trying something new or a little fearful of something new. We're not talking about that. We're we're talking about a real, clear, demonstrable feeling of insecurity. And the reason for that is because they haven't reached the optimal development where they can create a a level of of self-control, right? And, and their self-concept is is off and so they don't they don't feel good about themselves and so this insecurity can actually come out uh, through a number of different behaviors for example they might be extremely defensive Uh, they might uh, go to great lengths to avoid facing difficult situations they might withdraw and isolate themselves like we talked about earlier Uh, they might be extremely controlling uh, they might even create conflict. Um, it's it's pretty clear. I mean, we could probably talk about this a lot more, but but just the lack of affection in childhood brings all kinds of negative consequences. So if you're seeing um, 
any of these in your child, then it's important that you try to connect with their feelings and, and help them understand that you genuinely, sincerely care about their welfare. There, there's probably going to be some mending that's going to need to happen in that relationship. And ultimately, that mending, I've talked about this before, but you know, grief recovery is such a great tool for that because you're, you're able to connect to all the triggers from your past and clear those out so that those triggers are no longer interfering with your present. Then you're just simply in that moment with your child and you have great clarity over what you're going to intentionally do. So what they say or do is not triggering you. You're able to just simply see it for what it is, a warning sign, a, perhaps a, a way that your child is crying out for something. And so the other aspect of, of this building block is empathy. So we've talked about love and affection, but empathy, empathy is, is hugely important as well. It's, it's a way of connecting. It shows, it shows the child you know they're experiencing something. Even if you don't exactly know how it feels to them, you, you can appreciate the fact that they're feeling something. In fact, empathy says basically, I want you to know you're not alone. And I want you to know that you are so important to me that I want to do my best to understand how this feels to you. And this message is so important for kids to hear. You know, when kids feel understood, when they feel supported, they are much more likely to stay motivated and be able to receive our guidance. The, the empathy that we show our children can also help them become more self-aware and ultimately become better at speaking up for what they need. Empathy is also a powerful tool to help you understand what's behind behavior. And I cannot emphasize this enough. If parents could stop focusing on behavior, it would help so much. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that behavior doesn't matter or that it shouldn't be corrected. It does matter and it should be corrected. But it is even more important to find out what is behind the behavior. We need to focus on the why more than we focus on the what. And if we do that, this will help you and your child work together as a team to handle the challenges as they come up. And it will also help you to be able to connect even during difficult moments. So there's basically four main elements of empathy, right? Number, the third, first one is that you're, you're doing your best to take someone else's perspective. Now, obviously, we can never know what the other person is feeling, right? Because our experiences and the way we experience them is different. Right. And, and, and so, but what we're trying to do is we're doing our, our very best to put our own feelings and reactions aside and try to see the situation through your child's eyes. Just ask yourself, do I believe my child is trying their best? And if they are, then extend grace. If they're not, then try to understand where they're coming from. Try to understand why this is happening and then give them encouragement and guidance forward. The second thing is put aside judgment. We, we really need to take a step back before jumping to conclusions about what's going on with our child. We need to ask ourselves, 
what more do I need to know about what's going on here? You know, we can, we can avoid so much conflict if we would just do that. Number three is understand your child's feelings. Remember, remember, we experience our lives at 100%. So it's important to avoid the temptation to compare our situation to their situation. Whatever their situation is, they're feeling it at 100%, right? Instead, tap into your own experiences to find a way to connect to what your child is feeling. Try to remember a moment from your own life when you felt in a similar way. Now, be careful not to overdo it here, right? Kids have their own unique experiences like we talked about a moment ago. But ask yourself, what do I need to learn about how my child is seeing this situation or how they are reacting to the situation so that I can better understand what's going on here? And number four, communicate that you understand. Let your child express feelings without immediately jumping in with fix-it phrases like, well, what you need to do is, in fact, let me just suggest something. Never ask them what's wrong. This implies that both the child and their feelings are wrong. Instead, try saying something like, you seem really upset. Would you like to talk about it? And then get used to uncomfortable silence, right? Depending on how safe the child feels, they may not be willing to talk about it right away. They might be consciously or subconsciously testing you to find out, well, are they just going to jump in with their next fix-it statement or do they really want to know what's going on, right? Now, if the children know and feel safe that we do indeed really want to know what's going on and that we're willing to listen without comparison, without minimizing, without judgment, then they are far more likely to begin opening up, right? If they don't, then it's fine. I mean, give them time, right? Don't jump in right away. But if you do speak up, then speaking is like, you know, I had a situation where, you know, this was going on and I know that it, it made me feel really upset. Is, is that something, is that similar to what, what you're feeling? You know, and try to, you know, and if they talk about it, maybe a one word answer, throw out a, tell me more about that, right? Just tell me more about that. And you got to ask yourself, you know, how am I reacting in the moment? Whatever we need to do to let our child know that we're listening, that we care, that we want to hear what they have to say, we need to do it. Just give you one example, right? Let's say you know your child's struggling with schoolwork. Now, if a, if a parent is speaking to that child without empathy, they might say something like, "You know, if you just studied harder, you would have done a lot better." This type of reaction, first of all, doesn't acknowledge the child's feelings or challenges that are behind the behavior. And when kids hear things like that, they are not motivated to change and they are not motivated to talk to you about anything going on in their life. In fact, you're probably going to hear a lot of, yeah, fine, fine, good, it's all good, yeah. You hear that a lot. Instead, try saying something like, look, I know this material is really challenging for you, but you really didn't spend much time studying. Next time, we'll make a study plan and if you need help, we'll talk about that too. You know, it's just a different, it's a very different approach. And so when we look at the love and affection and and all these different components and and how empathy fits in, 
it's really you to see why the fifth building block of an emotionally healthy home is affection, love, and empathy. Thank you so much for listening. You know, we know there are literally hundreds and thousands of podcasts out there, and we appreciate the precious gift of your time. Be sure to check out our website, pk4l.com, for more resources and click on the link in the show description to download your free ebook, Building an Emotionally Healthy Home, as our gift to you. Remember, we're with you every step of the way. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you.